0: It's games, huh?
1: Spilling tea and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast Mm -hmm. with your host, my name, D Gil.
0: Hey everybody, it's d Gil. Welcome to the Game Day Tea. I am so glad to do this episode for you because this is an episode I've never done, quite frankly, before because, well, one, I haven't been around with the Game Day Tea that long to have a Mother's Day episode to have a Mother's Day come around, but two, just to have somebody really speak from their heart personally about what it's like to be a mother. And I'm gonna tie this episode around with sports and motherhood and all that is gonna be really, really awesome. But first of all, before you check this out, if you missed any other of my episodes, you can go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, type in Outsports, uh, The Game Day Tea, you can find all my podcasts there. Let me know how I'm doing. If you enjoy it, rate it. You know, say, "Hey, this is what I like to hear. This is what I uh, I think we should talk about next." Let me know. I'm open. My DMs are open. Don't come in there with some BS. But um, <laughs> the DMs are open for some good stuff, and it, let's have fun with it. Today, though, I, I hit up. So as you all know, if you all listen to my past episodes, I interviewed one of my classmates, Nikki Goodson from Martin Luther King High School. We went together and she's just like, yo, I have somebody that will be excellent, excellent, excellent for your podcast. And I was like, shoot it my way because I want, I want all the good stories. <laughs> I want all the good stories on this podcast. And she sent me a Instagram profile, y'all. And I was like, whoa. I got to have this person. <laughs> I got to have this person on. I mean, she is involved in so much stuff. I can't wait for y'all to hear. And just without further ado, welcome to the game day tea, DJ Guate.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's going on, man?
0: Nothing much. It's, it's we're out here in Cali early in the morning, getting to it. You know, uh, you know how it is. If you ain't up in the morning working, what you doing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I wanted to start off with uh, talking about, uh, first of all, let our listeners know, what do you identify as an LGBTQ community?
1: Just me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There you Um, go. I feel like titles and labels, they, it's a fine line, you know, it's like inclusion or, you know, an acceptance, you know, it just really depends on where people come from, your background, your history whatever. So I try not to identify and label, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just me.
0: There you go. So talk about your relationship with Nikki and how you all met through sports, because uh, it sounds like y'all had a lot of fun down there in a certain state <laughs> in the South.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had lots of fun at Southern. Um, I've actually known Nikki um, maybe since I was about 12, 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, We played softball, at rival parks for a while and then you know what i'm saying we grew up and we ended up playing competitively in high school Mm -hmm. and you know ultimately we ended up getting recruited to the same college so we we have a long history you know what i'm saying with with ball basketball as well like we've been playing sports all our lives so (laughs) yeah good friend
0: that that is so cool what position did you uh, play in softball
1: Uh, I was a catcher in college Um, I caught four years at Southern University in Baton Rouge Uh Um, but I consider myself a utility player growing up I played everywhere outfield first base I pitched for a while Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really care for the pitching at the point when I was doing it because my dad was coaching
0: okay and it's like (laughs)
1: You know, your dad is, like, extra hard on you. And, like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? I'm I'm good because this is going to affect our relationship. If I, <laughs> if I keep this up, yeah. you venture out. And I'm left-handed. So I was always, you know, coaches would always tell me, oh, you can't play this position. You're lefty. Not better. You know what I'm saying? Despite being left-handed.
0: Now that, he, that's funny because I had a same instance with my family. It was just, like, I wanted to play baseball, 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 baseball so much but I was I sucked like <laughs> and it got to the point where I think it was embarrassing for my parents yeah. so it was just like what do you do when like your son wants to play sports but it's kind of like embarrassing because you're just that bad you know like now that you have a son
1: it's- I am like Mark my words, my son's going to be a major league baseball player. Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: you see these contracts so like, they giving out
1: like baseball. I love it. I'm all for it. And it was my strength. Softball was my strength. So, you know, I can, I can help coach him along the way. Um, I know some amazing baseball players that have played in the league and the B leagues, different things like that. So yeah. that's, that's my hopes and and what I'm imposing upon him. But <laughs> of course we all know, you know, like you said, our our parents have expectations and, mm-hmm. you know, we have to live our own lives. So if he doesn't go that route, you know, I, I definitely understand. But in my mind, I'm, I'm manifesting that. I'm putting that in the universe. My son will be playing Major League Baseball.
0: There you go. It's it's interesting that you brought manifestation because lately it may sound silly to some people, but every time I see a Tesla on the road, I'm out here in California, so that's an, not that's like if you don't got no tesla what what are you doing with your right. life it's like a honda and cali <laughs> exactly so it's just like every time i see one i say okay i'm gonna be a multimillionaire one day all right i see another mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna be a multi millionaire one day and it's the power of positive thinking it's the power of saying it out loud i'll start writing it one day you know money is in everything but if you don't even manifest it, ma- manifest it then right it ain't gonna come true you got to convince yourself That is going to happen. so hey keep that up for that baby boy manifesting his baseball career since i manifested him (laughs) because he was
1: supposed to be a girl and i and i told myself forever i'm having a little boy and (laughs) didn't find out until he came out that he was a boy so so since you started
0: talking about your son tell me how was the process um were you like, how long had you won a child? Like, what was it like the pregnancy? I, I want to be, I want all the tea. I want to be. <laughs> all the tea. Because I love um, athletes and they have children because like, uh, like the discipline that you've gone through and everything like that, you, it's like yeah. it translates over to parenthood.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that, you know, the discipline, the the teamwork. I've learned a lot of life lessons that I feel like, you know, I have benefited from, you know, through sports. So that's definitely something that I want, you know what I'm saying, for my son. Mm-hmm. But um I have been wanting a kid since I was probably about 19. I'm 32 now. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, okay, when I was 19 I was in college. So I'm like, of course I'm not going to have a kid. I don't date men, so I'm not going to slip up and have a baby anytime soon or anything like that. Right. So I'm like, okay, I know you know what I want. Now I need to start, you know, processing and, you know, figuring out how I'm going to do this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not in a serious relationship at that time. So that's another thing that I'm like, okay, uh, I got to get in a relationship. I got to find me a boo. You know what I'm saying? It's going to have me a baby. Woo. Right. <laughs> that was my initial mindset. And then. It kind of changed to, okay, as I'm growing, you know, I'm it's early adulthood. I'm seeing my friends are having babies or people that I know are having babies, they're having issues with, you know, their partner and custody and all type of things like that. Mm -hmm. People are being withheld from the children because, you know, a personal, you know, spike the parent. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I know how passionate I am about having a child, and I know how I'll take it if I'm snatched away from that child because the relationship doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. So that's when I really started like seriously thinking like I'm gonna have to have my own kid. Yeah. Because I know me, I know I'll never be unfit. I'll never be absent. You know, I know what type of parent I'll be based on, you know, the type of parents that I had. Mm -hmm. So it's like there was a high bar set. And I'm a very competitive person. So I have to, you know, I have to meet or beat that bar, you know. So it's like, okay, all of these things I have to consider, you know, when it comes to having a kid. So I really came to a point where, you know, I was in relationships and then I was out of them or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have this kid by the time I'm 30 because by the time I'm 50, I need to have my life back. I need to be (laughs) traveling and hopefully retiring early and doing me you know, so, and my kid would be grown, Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, 30 was, like, my deadline, so I'm getting closer to 30, and I end up getting in a relationship with somebody that I felt comfortable, you know, enough to have a kid with. Mm -hmm. Um, We both wanted a kid. I was already in the process, like, I'd already vetted a donor Mm -hmm. um, and everything, but when we started dating, I kind of pulled back from it a little bit because I felt like that's a lot on a new relationship. Mm -hmm. So I'll just chill for a while. But once I realized it was something that she wanted to, and then again, I'm like, okay, I have my deadline. So, you know, life has to go on. So um, we ended up agreeing to go ahead and move forward and, you know, start the process together. So uh, we ended up starting like a new slate i still was gonna have the baby first we both were gonna have kids she's gonna have the second i'm gonna have the first whatever Mm -hmm. um so i found this donor he's like five no no he's like six seven excuse me six seven from france he's a black guy from france or whatever like has an accent he you know has an athletic background or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm like five four so (laughs) i'm like okay like i told you i'm manifesting this son so he needs he needs some height so okay i'm like going to the extremes or whatever so cool i find this guy we like him we go and see an attorney or whatever about drafting up a contract everything with him and then i get invited to dj for a tour for an artist named aina breon she's um formerly known as temper she's really popular um on the lgbt scene so i'm like okay I don't want to pass up this opportunity. Like, this is what I've been waiting for as a DJ. I've been wanting to work with an artist and tour and this and the third. So I'm like, okay, do I put the whole baby thing off, you know, for another year? My spouse was like, well, you know, I'll, you know, she's like, well, I'll just go end up doing in-home insemination of donor process after that, after we got rid of the the six, seven guy, because, because she's, she had, she's tall (laughs) tall and she, she wants a girl. Okay. So in her mind, she's thinking like, okay, this sasquashy, tall, weird girl, I think he wants to talk to you guys too. Oh, hey. But, um, <laughs> so it's like, okay, we have to revamp, find a new donor, whatever. Yeah, That process took about a year and a half. Okay. That process let me know guys actually value their sperm. Huh. Some of them. <laughs> Some of them. They really value their sperm.
0: We have to take a quick break to see why some men really value their sperm. We'll be right back with The Game Day Tea. Welcome back to The Game Day Tea. I'm your host, D. Gill, and I am talking to DJ Guate for this Mother's Day special of The Game Day Tea.
1: I had a guy like he had like a 21 day period where he's like, let me think on it for 21 days and then, you know, I'll give you an answer. And I'm like, okay, I know like, you know, it takes 21 days to break a habit and, you know, to strengthen yourself and things and different things like that. So I'm like, okay, that's that's like where his mind is with it. I've had guys who are like, you know, well, you know, I'm an alpha male and I can't, you know, I can't give away my first seed, you know, especially if it's a boy. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, bro, you're going to flush this kid ten times
0: mm-hmm. right. <laughs> this
1: week, you know what I'm saying, so yeah. that's my mindset though, but I'm a woman, I don't have sperm, you know, mm-hmm. so I can't dictate how you know how they should feel about it. so that it was a process like we're finding guys, I'm comfortable with him, she's not, she's comfortable with him, I'm not, you know, so finally, a friend of mine suggests the the guy that we ended up using, mm-hmm. and we vetted him, we liked him, um. He had average, you know what I'm saying, comfortable height for both of us, um, athletic background, he's an engineer major at Georgia State, like, mm-hmm. he's into photography, so that was, like, in my mind, I'm trying to breed a, a, a scholar and an yeah. athlete, mm-hmm. so it's like, this is, you know, this is this is where my mind is, because I'm not just having a baby by accident, like, I, I have a choice in all of this,
0: mm-hmm. which yeah. is
1: rare, in my opinion, so I'm like, all right, cool, it is. so, We find this guy, um, my spouse at the time, we tried maybe three or four times with the in-home insemination. And we are like oblivious to what the hell we're doing. (laughs) Like we are watching YouTube videos and just trying shit out. Right. (laughs) My opinion, that's why we were unsuccessful because it was literally like she was a lab rat and we were just trying to figure out how do we make this work? He's like- doing his business in the bathroom he's Uh handing it off to us and from there we're just trying to figure it out so um after after the third time it kind of I could tell it kind of got discouraging for her Mm -hmm. you know it started to take an emotional toll or whatever and then after the fourth time it was just like okay let's just take a break from it you know so we waited probably about two or three months and I said to myself I said okay well I'll try Mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work then you know maybe buddy shooting blanks or you know what i'm saying whatever like that like right. whatever like just to kind of take the take that pressure and everything off of her mm-hmm. so first time we tried and boom pregnant
0: wow
1: yes it's freaking
0: shocked like <laughs> like were you expecting it to work on the first time you just like we're just like
1: no I, just, just... I absolutely was not like i said i'm thinking okay, it's either the method, we don't have this shit figured out, Mm -hmm. or you know, something is going on with either him or her, but I'm not thinking her because, you know, her sister has kids, her mom has kids, you know, you don't have a history of any issues in that department, so Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's something going on with him, probably, but Mm -hmm. you know, just to be sure, so yeah, I definitely did not expect it, Mm -hmm. Um, but we found out in December, like right before Christmas of
0: 2019. Oh wow. So you're pregnant now. What is one like one of the first things that you did once you found out you were pregnant? I had to have a seat (laughs) and just
1: process because when I took the test, like there's this two week waiting period after you inseminate where you, you know, see if you were successful.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, I I pee on the stick and you know, I'm like, all right, cool, let's go sit in the little room and watch some TV and wait for the results or whatever. And like literally as i'm like trying to step out of the bathroom she's like oh my god you're pregnant and i'm like nah like it didn't read that quick like she's like yes it did like oh my god you're pregnant i'm like nah (laughs) (laughs) nah so yeah i had to i had to like sit down for a minute then we Mm -hmm. did it again we did the test again and like just as quick as the first one did the second Mm -hmm. one read i'm like wow
0: this is real this is real. Tell me about the preparation stage of like um, those nine months leading up. Whew. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, It was definitely a journey, but what I will say is it was not as bad as I thought it could be. Okay. You know, um, I worked eight months throughout my pregnancy. I was working federal security, so I was wearing a bulletproof vest and Mm. a a gun belt that's like an extra 12 13 pounds of shit on me every day um but it wasn't it wasn't really that bad um I was pregnant mostly throughout the winter it was mostly cold Mm -hmm. so I didn't have that oh you know I'm having a baby in the summer so I'm hot and when it did get hot I was in the house like so I didn't have that problem um my sisters I have an older and a younger sister who are they're very fit. They eat well. You know, they are very disciplined. These girls have me walking two miles a day. I'm like nine months pregnant. They have me walking out of the neighborhood, out of one entrance, and in the neighborhood in another entrance, like every day, trying to get the baby to come on and come because he was uh, he was due on the seventeenth of August. He was born on the twenty third. Okay. Yeah. He's late. And at that time, she's late because, like I said, I was told I was having a girl
0: Mm -hmm.
1: at four months. We go and we do the ultrasound. Uh, We planned a gender reveal. I ride motorcycles. So I had a guy who was going to like do a burnout with the tires, going to smoke whatever color the baby was and all that kind of stuff. And then Corona. Right. So I'm like, fuck, okay. So I actually did my gender reveal on Facebook Live with mm-hmm. my family. My mom was living in Japan at the time. My younger sister was there with her mm-hmm. and my older sister, we were at her house or whatever. So we do the gender reveal live like that. Mm-hmm. It's a girl. I am like devastated. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I cried on the way to the car. You know how they say, oh, oh he's gonna cry in the car. I cried on the way to the car. I'm like, man, I just knew it was a boy. Like, everything in me is like, I'm having a boy. So, I, um, you know, after, I want to say maybe like a week later, like, I end up having conversations with friends or whatever, and I end up having a conversation with my mom, who was telling me, you know, she she was like, you know, she was just really wondering why I wanted a boy so bad and why I was so upset I was having a girl. Right. And I'm telling her, you know, like, I have always been into boy things my my mom said she would buy dolls when I was younger my sister would always have double dolls because I never wanted it you know dresses I would fuss about being put in dresses and stuff like that so it's like just me I feel like I naturally relate more to guy things than girl things so if I have a son it's like it's like a cheat code you know (laughs) like I'm into the tennis shoes I'm into the games I'm into the sports whatever you know With the girl, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to grow and learn to love the things that she's into.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, she understood that. And she was telling me that my dad was really upset that I wasn't a boy.
0: Mm. And
1: I said, that's so ironic because my dad passed away when I was seven years old. I'm like, he would have like had his honorary son anyway. Mm. (laughs) You know, like he would have been cool. But um, yeah, so had a baby shower for a girl, did a nursery up for a girl, had a name for a girl, her name was Mm going to be Cairo, and lo and behold, had a boy.
0: Surprise. Surprise,
1: (laughs) yes. All these people, you know, ultrasound people,
0: or like, listen,
1: I, I went back and forth with these people, like, I'm ready to sue whatever they're like oh you know I can't sue it's in the paperwork that basically you know it it's rare Mm -hmm. but it does happen it's rare but it does happen and this and the third so I'm like uh whatever and then by that time I had already been billed through insurance so Mm -hmm. they're like you know we can't we'll do the whoop so it took me a while to pay them like I ain't gonna lie. I, ain't, I didn't want to pay because it's like this extensive ultrasound that I paid for, for them to like check the size of all the organs and make sure everything is cool. And it was not like a, oh, well, you know, the baby sideways or something. So it was hard to view. She was confident in her. Yeah. It's a girl
0: Wow. and
1: was dead wrong. So, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's a, it was a good mistake. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with the mistake because I love my son to death. Oh,
0: that's amazing. I do want to, like, briefly touch on what, this is your first child. However, I did think about all the moms out there, like, what you call them COVID, Corona babies. Like, what was that psyche like for you, knowing that this is my first time being pregnant and we got a worldwide pandemic going on? Ooh,
1: that was one of several um major emotional stressors like i said i was working at federal security job and was being harassed by the federal police that we worked under mm-hmm. about wearing masks at work because it wasn't a part of my uniform mm-hmm. so it's like okay you can fire me or whatever you feel like you need to do but you're aware that i'm pregnant i'm aware that i'm pregnant we know it's a global pandemic i know it's not part of the uniform but it's not hurting anymore yeah. so you know, I, I went through that at work, and that was like a back and forth thing for a while. And then it became mandatory to ma- wear masks
0: mm-hmm. at work. I'm like, like mm, not looking stupid now.
1: That was a thing. Like, I'm just trying to stay. Luckily, the pandemic, what did help is that everything was kind of shut down at that time. Mm-hmm. So there weren't a lot of people coming through the federal building, going through to IRS and Social Security and things like that. The building was shut down. So I was kind of comfortable in that. So I'm just going to work every day, coming home, going to work every day, coming home. Um, My wife, she works in a sports bar and grill. So that was shut down. Mm -hmm. So she's not having to go and be in that environment either. So for a period of time, we had, you know, I'm saying a certain level of, you know, comfort. Yeah. But um, I ended up losing my mom in july of last year a month before he was born oh, sorry. and she came from japan during that time that was a stressor because for for a moment we didn't know if we were going to be able to get her home mm-hmm. because of flight restrictions and things like that so that's just another you know stressor at the time it's like okay that's priority because you know her health was declining mm-hmm. so we did end up getting her here and then there is the okay I have a mom who's high risk, I'm pregnant, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to work, so at this it's like I can't wait to be on maternity leave because I just need to be able to stay home. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of added stress with the pandemic. And then even now like I call him a pandemic baby, you know? Like he's mm-hmm. just now, he's 8 months now, so I'm just now getting more comfortable. His doctor is telling me that he hasn't had any babies that come to his facility that have had covid. He's had kids ages three to seven, but no babies. So that made me a little more comfortable, you know, just having him introduced to family members. And he's glued to his mama because he's been around me, you know, for the most part. It's like, you know, I have to tell people he's a pandemic baby, you know, don't, don't be offended or whatever, because.
0: I didn't even think about that. The the social aspect of, and the psychology behind being indoors and being around one person and now you're like whoa who are all these people
1: but one one good thing about my son he's very intrigued by everything he's very attentive and always looking around so like going outside like literally if we're going to the store or something he's like smiling when we're going to the door because like Mm. we're going somewhere so Mm. I'm I'm glad that he's not like scared of the world and you know scared to go out but yeah it, it, it definitely has had an effect
0: that's amazing. Yeah, just to, to even think about all that you have to go on through regular parenthood, and now you got a pandemic going on. Shout out to anybody that's dealing with that right now, you know. Yes. So, yes. I do want to ask you this question, though. What would you say today is the one thing that you want to tell your son and speak it to his existence as well? Besides sports, just like I want to give you a minute to speak life into your son right now.
1: That being average is way beneath his natural, God-gifted ability Mm -hmm. in any area of life. I think that he has a wonderful foundation of heart of joy. Um, He has already has a joyous spirit. If you look at his social media, he's always smiling. I want mm-hmm. to always keep that smile, never let anybody take that joy from him. And I want him to always be respectable, be a respectable man. Yeah. Definitely want him to always be independent, strong-minded, and, and happy.
0: Amen, amen, amen to that. I love that. What would you tell your mom right now about the woman you have become because you became a mother?
1: I would tell her thank you, which mm-hmm. I definitely made sure to do You know when she was here mm-hmm. as well. Because like I said... Before I had a kid, I realized how high of a bar she set. And I would tell her that I appreciate Mm -hmm. the example that she set, you know, the examples that she set, not just by telling us what to do, but by showing us with action. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Even in her death, she has taught me and my sister so much about the right way to leave your kids. You know, Mm -hmm. instead of leaving, they have to struggle and it becomes a, a rift between them because they're already dealing with so much emotional, you know, weight and then to have financial weight and then to have, you know, all of the things, these things are not in order. Like it really, it really taught me people, you know, I can't just say black people because I know it's not just our cultural people, but we have to, you know, keep these things in mind, especially when we have kids, mm-hmm. you know, you want to leave them better off
0: than, yeah,
1: than the they are. Goal.
0: Yeah. That's the yeah. ultimate goal. I really appreciate you sharing that with me because, uh, parenting from i don't have kids or from my experiences with all my best friends that have kids it ain't easy you know oh, is, a lot of people are going to tell you how to raise your kids and advice and this and that way but at the end of the day it's up to the parent you know train up a child and the way he should go and they should never depart from it and right. I, I from based off of judging you in a good way in a good way off of your social media you love that boy so much and you yeah. have shown him his cute little first uh YouTube video of his first flight and everything yeah. i mean like that was very special so For me to you, uh, I want to say a very happy (laughs) Mother's Day to you and and great job and happy heavenly Mother's Day to your mother as well.
1: And I appreciate your time
0: on the game day tea today.
1: Thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it.
0: Loved it. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot end this episode without you plugging all your stuff y'all because <laughs> she uh, y'all please y'all gotta check her uh, instagram out like whoa so go ahead shout out everything that you're involved with any projects you got coming up let the people know what's going on
1: yes so um definitely follow me at dj underscore guate on all social media platforms um i'm actually working in the A&R department with authentic empire uh an up-and-coming independent music label here in atlanta we're doing big things, um, working with over a thousand independent artists right now, just helping them grow, facilitating Mm -hmm. services for them. You know, I love my job. As I said before, I was working as a federal security officer Mm -hmm. and I decided, you know, I'll just step out on faith and I'm going to decide to do, you know, what I love to do. And it has not, it has not failed me. I also have Uh, My sisters and I just started a photo booth business So Mm -hmm. anybody having weddings, um, any types of events, birthday parties, whatever. uh, We have a photo booth business. Um, I have a hat line. It's called spin top. If you check my social media, you'll see I like to wear the hats without the brim. Okay. whatever so i'm dropping that line it'll be coming this, this spring and my son also has a clothing line that he'll be dropping um I'm, I'm gonna save the details on that until we get everything finalized but um yeah just got a lot of good stuff coming up but like just trying to stay busy you know
0: i love it i love it getting that generational wealth going on yeah, absolutely <laughs> all right he'll,
1: he'll be working for somebody by choice if he wants to you know Ooh. like i, I want to instill that entrepreneurship in him i feel like you know, we're at a place, you know, as, as a culture of people where, you know, we're trying to embody that financial literacy and we're trying to, you know, like we have to learn from the things we didn't learn. We didn't learn about credit in school. Okay. We Mm -hmm. need to make sure we give our kids that, that jumpstart how we can, and Mm -hmm. we need to educate them on how they can stay ahead. You know, like we gotta, you know, we gotta continue climbing as a people.
0: Yeah, we do. We certainly do. What in those stocks? classes There wasn't no crypto classes well crypto wasn't even thing. it wasn't even like investment classes how to real estate how to invest none of that so you gotta, right. you gotta you got to. we got our generation it millennials it. we gotta start that and pass it on they're not gonna give it to us in school because
1: they know too much knowledge We're, we become weapons when we have too much knowledge so it's, we gotta give it at home
0: exactly well mm-hmm. i don't have to tell you this but i do like to end this uh every podcast with this saying be true be you and be fierce. With that, that's, with that said, y'all, hey, go out there, love one another, and and tell your mom, call your mom up, say have Mother's Day, talk to him. Uh, hey, if you got a messed up relationship, it's just you Take only got this. one one person, one mom on this earth. You know, I don't know what you're going mm-hmm. through, but hey, I'm I'm literally on opposite ends with my mom. She's in Atlanta, I'm in Cali, so you know, I wish I could. I only see my mom five times. Uh, a year and some people don't even get to do that so y'all y'all love one another that's all i can say all right (laughs) absolutely absolutely take care y'all